0: Hey, this is Thor from Cybrary. If you've been enjoying the Cybrary podcast or 401 Access Denied, then make sure to like, follow, and subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Join the discussion by leaving us a comment or review on your platform of choice or emailing us at podcast at From all of us at Cybrary, thank you and enjoy the show. You've got the technical skills, but how do you explain them to someone? Knowing how to communicate about technology to different audiences is a crucial part of cybersecurity career development. In this episode of the Cyberry Podcast, listen to Chief Cyberry Mentor Mark Nybert share his advice on how to tackle your public speaking fears, knowing that email should be a meeting, and ask the right questions as you expand your network. Hello and welcome back to the Cyberry Podcast. I'm Thomas Horlocker, your host today, uh, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Um, I have a special guest today, Mark Nybert. How are you doing today, Mark?
1: Doing fantastic.
0: Thanks. Uh, well, great. Let's uh, have you do a brief intro and then uh, we'll kick off the episode.
1: Sounds good. Uh, yeah, so my name is Mark Nybert. I'm currently located near Oxford in England. Uh, right now, I also am the chief mentor for Cyberry. So been with him for a little over two, or actually a little over three years now. Uh, kind of helped build the community from, I think, 240, 250, and I think now we're at 12 or 14,000 plus, uh, which is pretty which is pretty crazy uh, to watch it grow. Outside of Cyber, area, I work for the US government. I've done uh, everything from network operations, security operations, I've ran um, IA, cyber risk, vulnerability analysis, uh, anything you can think of. Most of that kind of I fell into. But one of the things and kind of the reason for the topic of this call is that. Uh, the biggest weakness I've seen really throughout my career is the the, the non technical side of things. Everybody puts a lot of focus on learning how to red team or learning how to to blue team, code, script, program, uh, analyze things. But then when it comes up to the okay, hey, show up and I uh, brief the team on your results, uh, there's that awkward pause. There's that us uh, ums, the the bad body language, and you know without projecting confidence of what you're trying to show. I think that that's just a skill set that we could really work on. Uh, Over the three years, I've heard the same concerns from a lot of our students that come through uh, when I presented things like Toastmasters or Brief, Uh, even on my weekly calls. There for a while, I was offering students the chance to lead a call. And I think almost all of them were strangely surprised how hard it is to lead a call when nobody's talking, nobody's answering your questions. Uh, You know, and and you've got to just try to kind of fill the silence or throw things out there to kind of get people to ask questions and stuff. But uh, that's kind of why, you know, when, when we, we spoke that I really wanted to focus on this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm excited. um, A couple of reasons about the topic because yeah, I mean, I, that is a big thing in the industry is just how to present what you're talking about in a non-technical way, all those non-technical skills specifically. Um, But it's also something that I uh, can talk a little bit more about um, because I'm not a super technical person. So it's something a little more up my alley. Um, so yeah, I mean, kind of starting off, what are some, you know, what's the biggest non-technical, um, skill that you think people should kind of learn or get used to?
1: So, I, I mean, I want to throw it in kind of a big, big series here, like, uh, communication yeah. skills, whether it's written, oral, uh, email, even just, you know, you're on say Cisco jabber, you're on your team's chat, uh, how you present yourself and communicate there, even though you think it's informal, uh, really does kind of play into, to what you do every day. Uh, Every time you pick up the phone, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. company you work for, you represent that company. So, all, you know, being professional, uh, communicating, you know, in that is just, it's just really important. Uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the, one of the first things you mentioned is chat. Um, It's very easy to be misunderstood in chat and for like your, what you're trying to, explain to somebody gets lost in just kind of the jabber of chat because, you you know, it's usually shorthand, usually doing it very quickly while you're doing something else. So, you know, you have the full-fledged idea in your head and what you think is the full-fledged idea in chat is usually not the same. Um, Usually there's some lost communication. The person just doesn't understand. So, I mean, are there any like best tips or like things that you recommend people do for for those type of communications?
1: So, I I think you can apply... The, the theory of active listening to chat, you, know, you put the message out there and kind of look at their response. And if they're asking a lot of questions, you know, don't be afraid to say, hey, pick up the phone and call, especially if you're on Teams, because you can just hit the the call button and, and talk over the phone. Uh, and you can see in a message if somebody's confused uh, or if they go radio silent and you're kind of in mid-thought. Uh, so, so applying the same things that you do in person, right? I mean, if you started frowning, I could tell like, oh, crap, I said something wrong. Where yeah. when you're in chat, that may not yeah. come across. Yeah. But uh, uh, one of my recommendations too, especially you know in the in the world that I'm in, is anything I talk about in chat, if it's important, I'm going to follow it up with an email, just so that they know what we talked about. Uh, and it's not a get anybody in trouble a CYA thing. It's just to you know ensure that what I thought you said and what I thought I said were the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's a good way to kind of um, usually sum up and brief your conversation. And then, yeah, just to make sure, hey, we're on the same page, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is yep. this is
0: what I took away from our meeting. Is this the same thing you took away? Now we know our next steps and we can yeah. keep moving on.
1: Yeah, because if you assume that they know what you're talking about and you don't, you guys have separated this conversation and taken completely different directions, right?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, if you've ever started working on a project without like, Making sure you're doing the right thing, and then you and that person come back together, and you're you're at A, and they're at C, and it's like, what? Where did we kind of disconnect right. here?
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you send emails or you send um, presentations or uh, documents, or or somebody has you write write an SOP or they or a, a so standard operating procedure or some sort of guide, uh, understand who the audience is. Uh, so that, that that kind of falls under one of the other things I talk about a lot. But, uh, you know, understanding your audience, if you're writing it for a bunch of technical people, you can certainly assume some of the basic steps you don't have to, to outline because they may not need them. Uh, however, it's still in good practice to put that in there because uh, for emergency procedures, it may be over to some ex- person who's not an expert. Uh, but again, if you're writing it for management or an executive branch, you know, uh, one of the things that that we go through a lot is, you know, just the the sum or the, a quick brief at the beginning. Uh, this is what this paper is going to talk about. Here's the important points. Uh, and that usually tells somebody if it's important enough for them to read through it or, you know, hey, I got the gist from it and I'll move on.
0: You yeah, know. and I know a, a big part, I mean, with communication and you touched on it or you mentioned it very briefly at the beginning is, that, you know, especially in-person communication and being able to express yeah, those like real technical things to maybe a group of non-technical people if you're given a presentation or something. I mean, the way that you would go over um, a set of procedures or something with somebody on your team, I would hope would be different than how you would explain it to me.
1: Right. Uh, So one of the things uh, when I worked in Bahrain was we always had VIPs come through and they would come up to the ops floor and they would, you know, so if they're not somebody that's super technical or, you know, they're high enough rank, my guys aren't going to go into how the network's laid out. Hey, these are all of our nodes. This is the th- this is the technical piece that we're running on. it. And here's all the, you know, it's just going to be, hey, this is our network and give a high level overview for what they feel is important, which is most of the time, how we support this guy or what unit he's with. And this is the benefit that we provide to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then learning how to craft those conversations. Uh, and if it's an internal person to my agency, obviously, you know, we're going to tell them, all of the procedures and all of the things that protocols you've outlined, this is how we do it all. And and then depending on rank specialty, you you kind of just have to craft that conversation. Uh, So I can kind of move into the, to the next thing, which is uh, public speaking, briefing. Uh, And that's a huge key with that is that uh, if you're up on a podium talking, you're standing in place, you never get out from behind the podium and you just stare at your pages, your notes and you just read it. You're, You're not paying attention to the audience. Uh, which can tell you, you know, if you say something and a bunch of people kind of do the confused look, you're like, okay. And then you just find a way to kind of fit it in and you reword it uh, or say, are there any questions? Is that clear? And try to get some people to to ask questions or or, or speak up. Uh, you could watch their hands, their body language, uh, if they're falling asleep. I mean, I don't get offended if people fall asleep, but it seems to happen. Uh, I've given cyber talks at conferences with non-technical folks in the audience. And you could just tell that. Yeah. And I am not saving. the guy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am not the guy that they came to see. Right. It's the same thing. If my wife asks why the internet's down and I, I get too nerdy on her. Uh, yeah. I just get that look like, Oh, okay. Can you just fix it? Please just go fix it. <laughs>
0: yeah. All I want to know is when it's back up. I don't, I don't care. I got to go back to Netflix. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't need to know everything else.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But oh, I, th- I think, you know, 18 months two years ago. So with COVID, my, my whole timeline is all, all messed up. Yeah. Uh,
0: everyone that I believe is, yeah, <laughs> just last year is the longest year ever because it, just it keeps is.
1: Going. <laughs> and, and one of, one of the early webinars I did uh, with Cyberry, um, that a lot of the mentors and the insider pros joined was a public speaking and briefing webinar uh, that was about 45 minutes long. But, mm-hmm. uh, so, so quickly some of the things that we went over was, you know, again, understanding your audience, um, uh, defeating nervousness. Being nervous is completely normal. Everybody's nervous before they walk out on a speech. Uh, yes. The better you prepare, the less nervous you are. Uh, but it is normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're doing briefings or you're doing speeches, uh, build, prepare, rehearse. Uh, I have certainly delivered more than my share to my wife. And again, she just stares at me. But she's she'll tell me if, especially so if I'm doing a non-technical or a, a technical interview to a non-technical audience, she's a great person to run it through. Uh, Because if she says, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, then it works.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's the perfect audience for, especially if you're giving a technical, you know, if you're doing a non-technical thing, a non-technical person's great to to test out. But if you're giving a technical speech or talk or something, a non-technical person's also good because if they can kind of understand or if they're engaged with what you're saying, then you're obviously doing it in a very well-done way where Everyone else should be engaged, especially a, a more technical person who understands everything you're talking right. about. Should be, you know, dialed in exactly on what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, one of the other things too is is it's so much more than just the topic, right? It's about speech delivery, uh, using your hands and body language, and uh, speaking slowly, good good pace. Uh, confidence shows uh, when you talk and how you stand and how your voice is. If you're somebody that's soft spoken. I think that's a lot of the times harder thing to defeat is to actually kind of speak up. Uh, That's definitely not something I have a problem with. Uh, I tend to be loud and. uh, You got a
0: nice, you got a nice timber to your voice. It sounds very good. I, mine um, I think sounds super like nasally or whiny. Um, I always think of every time I'm editing our podcast, it's like, oh no, I wish I could throw like a James Earl Jones filter or something (laughs) on my voice. Um, so apologies to all our listeners that don't like how I sound, but there's nothing I can do about it.
1: Yeah. Um, I've got a face for radio, so I'm really good at the talking part, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like
0: my dad. He tells me the same thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, in practice helps you kind of eliminate the nervousness, the gestures, and then, uh. Uh, I think the worst one I've ever heard was somebody had a pin and he just clicked it because they're nervous and you just, and, and and it's it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, but again, you know that is stuff that the only way to get better at speaking is to speak and to brief. Yeah. And and one of the things I tell people is when I say public speaking or briefing, it's not in a conference room with a hundred people or ten thousand people. It's it could be with your boss. Uh, he calls you in there to brief to brief him on your project. I mean, this is the person who does your yearly reviews, controls whether you work there or not, and controls whether you get promoted. Prepare for it. Be ready for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, anything you can do to prepare. I mean, running through your speech or brief over and over again. um, I mean, I know me personally, like before interviews and stuff, um, I usually, I do it in front of a mirror. um, And just like, you know, you're just talking to yourself, but you can see your body language. You can see how your face moves. You know, some people kind of have a like they look like they're frowning all the time. And it's yep. how do you make sure that the person that you're speaking to doesn't see that. So, you know, figuring all of that stuff out before you get there will help as well with that nervousness that you discussed. I mean, every every time I'm about to sit in this chair and talk to somebody like yourself, like I have flashbacks to like high school speech class where you have to give <laughs> a speech on something you don't care about and you're just sitting there with the paper yeah. freaking out. Um, but you, you know, you need to figure out how to kind of own those things and, and get past them so that you can kind of do the, you know, give those talks or give those speech or those briefs, you know, even if it's an audience of one, you know, sometimes the audience of one is more important than that audience of 10,000.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, I look at a lot of the stuff we do here with Cyber, right. And I'm on calls. I've done webinars where you don't know how many people are watching. You may be talking to yourself. Yeah. You know this conversation you and I have. Maybe me and you nobody may ever listen to it. Uh, If you are listening to it, you know the great stuff. uh, Yeah, make sure like and subscribe. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so you know, uh, even when you join, so you join Insider Pro and you get the email about Slack. And I don't. I I think that the community is probably twice as large, but they just haven't joined it yet, right? Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that every Wednesday when I do my AMA session that I really put out there that. The biggest thing that makes cyber is so much better than everywhere else. There's lots of people that offer technical training, but you have access to a team of 100 plus mentors that are new people like you. They just got in the cyber field or CIOs, CISOs, CEOs, um, previous CISOs of very, very large companies and they're global. It's, you know, if you're looking to network or you're looking to find somebody that's and you think your situation is unique, I can almost promise you somebody has been in the exact situation or or one that's really similar. And again, communication is key on there because you do have to know how to talk and ask questions. Uh, But it's a great place, especially for a cyber community because nobody ever belittles anyone else. We don't ever have to police the the forums. We don't have to police the chat. Uh, 99.9% of the time, it's completely uh, open environment where people learn and help each other. And then you have access. Uh, I'm always on there. I don't ever sleep. So, so, and it's one of those things too, is if I can't answer your question, I have no issues telling you that I don't know what it is and I'll find the answer for you.
0: I like what you said about the community, especially, you know, how many different levels of people that are in there. And what we're talking about today helps everybody. doesn't matter if you're new right. to the industry, if you've been in it forever, like being able to, to speak well, um being able to read an audience you know look at the emotional intelligence some of the things we haven't touched on is like knowing when to speak up and when not like those yeah. are also very helpful skills and like that's something that you're going to need the your entire career whether you're new to the industry or not like those are all going to be extremely helpful <laughs>
1: yeah so so i mean you know you look you look at active listening and talking to somebody and sometimes people talk and they brief and just really listening to them and engaging them Uh, allowing them to kind of speak through things. Uh, I've certainly helped out plenty of people that I don't really ever help them. They say things that they're confused on. I ask the right questions and they eventually kind of work themselves through how to fix it. Uh, I know, you know, a lot of new students we have that frustrates in the beginning. uh, But that is one of the things that we try to teach here is that uh, once you come into the cyber field, it's, it's a lifelong journey. It's always, you know, some sort of continuing education, whether it's a cert or a new cert or a new technology. So having that skill set to find answers yourself, problem solve, think critically, uh, these are all huge skills that, that you have to carry on. Right. So, you know, when you do work with some of us and we ask you, you know, well, Hey, the network's down or, or, Hey, I'm trying to do this, this course and I just don't understand it. Uh, I'm going to follow it up with a question, you know, well, what do you think it's saying, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then we can kind of shift you in the right direction to find that answer. Uh, and, and the reason that I, that I do that is so I joined to do one of the, I won't name drop any certs here, but it was a really, really hard cert. And the community was pretty bad. And you ask questions and they belittle you. Yep. So so that always frustrated me. So that was one of the reasons to when I joined Cyberry, that, that's why I'm here to help. Uh, the story with how I joined Cyberry is pretty, pretty comical. I remember yeah, I got I'm one of your that. guys' emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I remember I just got into to Bahrain, uh, what March of 2018. I get an email from Cybry. It says, "Hey, you need a mentor or whatever the the marketing blast was back then." And I just remember it says, "You know, I don't really need a mentor through Cybre. However, I would love to be one and help others if there's the opportunity." And that was the that was the conversation that started it all. Uh, I got a message back from the community manager. that said, "Hey, I'd love to interview you." And then uh, Shane Markley, who's still one of the mentors here, he, he had just started right before me and him and I did that uh, for a long time. And, and that's how the whole thing started. Uh, but if I wouldn't have replied to that email. I, I wouldn't be here. And it's pretty yeah. crazy because teaching people for three years, I have probably learned more than I have anywhere else in my career because. I, I just get I, I don't know, it's just so great to talk to people. It's kept me engaged. You have to stay up on top of everything. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're getting questions from all levels. So, I mean, you're getting stuff that you've, you've done, know and done a hundred times before. You're getting questions of something that you've never thought of before, kind of like you were just saying with, you know, how yeah. to create a sock lab at your house. You're like, I don't know how to do that, but I can sort of figure it out. I mean, at a the previous company that I worked at, um, I was an engineer. I was a very junior engineer in our DevOps team. And I would always ask my manager, who's always super helpful, questions. And he was like, hey, like, you need to start thinking You need to start learning how to ask the correct question. He's like, you're asking five questions to kind of figure out the same thing. You need to figure out how to ask it in one question. Um, He's like, you'll find better answers. And, you know, especially, um, I know a lot of people are on, you know, get to Stack Overflow and stuff like that. Like, you know, when you're looking for something specific to be done, like knowing exactly what you're looking for and what to search is Not really a technical skill, but it is extremely helpful. It's helpful when you're asking questions of people like yourself, mentors or a manager or something like that, when you can concisely explain what you're looking for, what answer you're looking to get back is extremely helpful to everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, asking good questions is really important. And then, you know, I think people miss out too on um, having a good boss and how to recognize if you have a good boss or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, like a, a good boss and a good manager is an unsung hero. Um, it's something yeah. you don't, if you have one uh, on Tuesday or whenever you get back to work, like tell your boss that they're awesome and that you really appreciate them because um, if you've yeah. ever worked for like a terrible boss, it is a complete different game. Um, so like having somebody yeah. who is helpful and answers your questions.
1: And- yeah, so I mean, you know, you hear all these corny things, right? A good leader leads from the front and it's the absolute truth a good boss will never, you know, they will always try to promote you. A good boss is one that's not going to steal all of your credit and take the credit themselves. you know and again, you know, I've had good bosses. I've had bad bosses. I've had horrendous bosses., uh, but take each one of those throughout your journey because the bad bosses help you just as much because now you know what you don't want to be. Yep. Uh, so so you can you know use that as it's always an experience. Uh, another one of the corny things I always tell people is that, uh, happiness is a choice every morning and no matter how bad your day is, it's your choice to be in a good mood or a bad mood. Uh, and when you're in a good mood, it helps. I mean, it helps you, especially when it comes to just communication, uh, mm-hmm. it helps you be confident because if you're sad, mad, depressed, or upset, uh, this last year certainly taught us all that we've probably all been through a lot of those more than we ever have before. But at the end of the day, if you are working, even if you're trying to work on changing fields, uh this is a great field because it's still growing. There's tons of gaps in it, and that's why these non-technical skills are just uh, so important. Because again, there's tons of places that teach you how to hack or how to red team or how to blue team, how to do scripting and coding. But you know, a lot of them aren't offering you the chance to build your interview skills, uh, which is one of the things that you know in the Slack channels through Cyber we do. We'll help you. We'll help you review resumes. Uh, I'll do mock interviews with people. I'll ask you the questions. I'll give you the chance to you know, fumble through it and then say, okay, no, let's try that again. Uh, Or this is how I would say it. Uh, And most of us, most of the mentors out there would do the same thing. And it's just a great opportunity to really kind of get some practice in. Uh, We have a lot of hiring managers out there that would certainly help you. And, you know, those are the best people because that's what they do is they interview people for new jobs. Uh, So you're going to get it straight from the source on how to do interviews. Yeah. So, so one of the things you talked on earlier was uh, emotional intelligence. And I think, uh, one of the the fellows programs or one of the scholars programs I started with with Cyberary, um, that was one of the articles that I that I wrote about. And, and it's it's one of those things that comes into reading body language, reading people. Um, it comes into to active listening. But, you know. When you look at somebody that's doing like a, a red team, you know, it, or you're doing cyber in general, it's hard to think of how emotional intelligence to play into it, right? Because I just think that we're a bunch of technical people, but you know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, first of all, on a red team, most of the time you're going to go out there and you're going, you're going going to be selling your services. So you have to be able to read this person you're talking to about why they need to have you come out there. Uh, Even if you're on an internal team, again, security folks, if we're really good at it, nobody likes us. Uh, We cost money. We make things take twice as long. uh, We're a pain in the butt, but you know, but you have to be able to kind of explain this is why you need to do it. So, you know, I look back at some of the the infrastructure issues we've had and I guarantee you there's some security folks that said, Hey, these systems are outdated or these need fixed. And, you know, this is what needs to be done. But somebody else above them was like, well, no, no, but th- this will never happen to us Accept the risk and move on. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, that kind of comes back to as a security person, the ability to to talk to brief to, I mean, again, at the end of the day, it's a sales job sometimes because in order to get funding or to get the new technology, or the new skills, you have to be able to put together a presentation or a brief or a technical writing report or um, you know some sort of request for funds, whatever that may be. And you're going to have to talk and pitch this to somebody that you need their buy-in to move forward. One of the really good books, especially on you know social engineering or just understanding how to talk to people, or how how that whole side of it works was the the ghost in the wires by kevin mitnick and his kind of journey running from the fbi and, and although he was brilliant technically you, you just it's amazing to me how he was able to use um just his personality and his social skills to really kind of fool people got what he, to get what he needs uh, but, he, but again now he's one of the top security guys out there uh, and when you listen to him talk it's just brilliant it's engaging it's entertaining uh he kind of captures the audience and it's just uh, really, really important.
0: I'm glad you touched on um, that, that book specifically. Are there other um, like resources or something? You know, we mentioned the Slack community and, and everything here at Cyber. but there are other resources that you recommend to people to kind of maybe learn up on, you know, presenting skills or emotional intelligence, those kind of things, other books maybe?
1: So um, Simon Sinek has a book called Talk Like Ted. And I, I mean, so I remember watching him years and years and years ago, uh, but that guy's brilliant. Uh, the way that he teaches you to talk or how to to speak is just fantastic. Uh, I'll have to send you some because I, I have a bunch in my bookshelf behind me, and uh, from from just leadership to management to speaking, uh, all that stuff's in there. Uh, Executive presence was another book I started reading, which is is really really and really helpful. And, and again, that kind of goes into you know how how to dress, not necessarily what clothes you should wear, but you know, if you look good and you feel like you look good, you're confident and you're, you're in a better mood. Uh, but it also kind of goes into you know how you stand and present and how you talk and use your hands. You know, um, just just projecting confidence. The shoulders are square. You're not hunched forward, leaning over. Uh, if you're real fidgety, that makes you look nervous, which may... I mean, if you're telling somebody and you're trying to t- to tell them about the vulnerabilities and convince them why they need something, but you seem unsure yourself... Uh, it's not going to do you any favors with what you need. Uh, even in an interview, uh, I typically go into them and I ask just as many questions as they ask me. Uh, this is one of the things that will, and I used to do a brief on, but it it was, it's one of those things to where, you know, I look at a job, job list or, you know, job posting and that's the dream list. Uh, so one of the things that I tell a lot of folks, and I I think I'm kind of getting away from the, non the, the soft skills, but, One of the things that I tell folks is that, you know, that's the dream list. If you think you can do the job, apply for it. Uh, But the other piece of that is that have a resume that's truthful and that anything that's on there, you can speak about uh, and and practice talking about each of those points. And you can almost guarantee in an interview what's your biggest strength, what's your biggest weakness. uh, And don't say I'm a perfectionist as a weakness because uh, that's what everybody says. And tell me what your real weakness is. That's exactly what my follow up question is going to be. Uh, but yeah, practice. I mean,
0: what we're, oh, sorry. <laughs> we can't, uh, can't no worries. It over and over again. Um, yeah. I mean, what you're talking about, I mean, touching on um, specifically resume, like your resume needs to be accurate. Um, Absolutely. Don't inflate your resume. Um, I mean, there's stuff flying around on LinkedIn all the time. I see people posting that, like in a recruiter told them to say that they can do this, but they really can't. Um, you right. do not want to be in a technical interview with the person who's trying to hire you and they ask you to whiteboard something technical and you don't know how to do it. right? Um, that is one of the worst positions to be in because it, it, you're immediately going to be found out that you don't know and then they're going to understand that your resume is a lie and then you're immediately out as a candidate and they might respond that to the recruiter and then now other jobs that that recruiter might have been looking for you are now going away too.
1: And, and it's a small industry. Uh. If you interviewed a big company and make this person mad, then, then uh, who's to say they don't tell somebody else? Yeah, they might uh, know he,
0: Jeff down the street at the other company you're looking yeah. to interview at.
1: Well, yeah. And, and so one of the other th- one of the other tips I could give to when it comes to actual the resume or even if you're taking a certification, if you list the certification on there, understand the certification and the test that you took. Don't just do practice tests or, or even worse, buy a test dump and pass and then get asked. And I think that's what devalues so many of these certifications today is that uh, I think, unfortunately, a lot of these places teach you how to pass the test or even give you the test dump because they want their numbers to be higher. And and again, if you come to an interview and you have CEH or CISSP or any of these things on on a resume, uh, it's open game to get asked about. And some simple questions will really quickly identify if you... Uh, know what you're talking about. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But uh, so, you know, to kind of continue into soft skills, or or let's say non-technical skills. So in order to be successful in cyber, or I mean, cyber uh, and cyber, right? (laughs) Uh, You know, I I think time management's key. That's a huge thing. Uh, Again, when you jump into cyber, it's a super sexy skill set. I want to be a red team tomorrow, I want to be a blue team, or I want to learn how to do Buffer overflows. I'm going to do some hacking, but I also want to learn scripting and I want to learn Python. Ooh, and I want to learn how to do cloud, and then I also want to do yeah. I got to do uh, Microsoft. Uh, pick one thing, learn it, and move on. Uh, again, there's lots of things that are really important, but do them all well, and it's slower, but but it's it's really important, uh, and that's one of the things that that I teach and that I sh- that really we talk a lot about. And then uh, cyber is certainly an overused word. It's so large and encompassing nowadays that you know, when you say you want to do cyber, understand what that means. And that's usually my first question is, I want to work in cyber. Well, let's, let's, let's dive into that and understand what part you're looking at. But understand that the, to be good in this field, uh, it really takes a lot of focus. There's a lot of learning, a lot of reading. Continuing education is key. Um, you have to be self-motivated. Uh, th- this is a career field where there are people are in need so much that we're not just going to wait for you to catch up. Uh, we can't. You have to be self-motivated, a self-learner, especially if, some, if you're going to be someone that's working at home. Again, you know, present is still great. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you can come, you know, come to the to the video chat and your PJs and have scruffy looking hair and look unpresentable. Right. Because your camera may be off hey, Mark, I need to, can you pop on chat? Let me see you uh, so we can have a one-on-one chat real quick. Uh, But if you're in like a tank top and, you know, you haven't shaved for a week, right? I mean, th- these are all small things that leave really big impressions on people.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it definitely, those things definitely all matter. And um, yeah, I mean, how, how you present yourself, how you look, uh, especially, you know, I mean, a big thing about, getting into the cybersecurity industry is people want kind of like the autonomy of working from home or working from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a lot of those, you know, digital nomads who just travel the world and work at different, you know, in a specific time zone. But that also comes, you know, those perks also come with expectations. Like you need to be like on time. You need to be well, like you need to, have all of those skills and be ready to do all of those things. You know, you can't just travel the world and think you're going to do this and not have to do actual work.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you may have a free schedule. However, you'll have deliverables and you know, it's, it's definitely one of those things that that you have to be self-motivated. Working from home can kind of catch people in a rut to where it's hard to stay on a normal schedule. But again, setting up your own office, even if that's just a corner in a bedroom, and get to get up get dressed have your routine and then do work as you were at, if you were actually going into an office uh, all of those things kind of matter and one of the things that that really when it comes to studying for this field to break into it when you look at the time management piece is that putting up your phone putting up your ipad closing everything out and really dedicating that 30 minutes or 60 minutes that you're studying to what you're learning instead of five minutes then your phone rings and then texting and then uh, you know doing all that stuff it takes away from it so really kind of dedicating that time and and, and again I hope that one of the things that, that we can do here at cyber is really start to develop some of these uh, courses on public speaking briefing how to talk how to communicate uh, it'd be great to find some folks to do like a technical writing course on how to to do to do writing so so a little bit about one of the things that I'm currently doing on top of cyber in my day job, and you know, being married with four kids in the UK, is that uh, I, I'm now in the United States Army War College, and, and I'm a civilian who got selected. And the re- no, so the one re- one of the reasons I chose it was because um, it helps kind of build bridge that gap of me not being prior military. However, it's a online master's degree in National Strategic Studies that also focuses a lot on writing. Uh, not not just writing, but precise, succinct, uh, technically technical writing kind of in, in one way. It's you know if, if they ask you to do a 500 word essay, it's going to be on a very complex topic, and it's straight to the point. To where if somebody read it, they know what you they 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 know right away. They can pull out your thesis and identify um, how this all works together. And, and and again, that was kind of one of the the weaknesses that I had. I mean, even when I did my masters in computer science. I think I had one technical writing course and the rest of it was all technical stuff. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of technical folks, that get kind of dropped into the workplace and I can't talk. I can't write. I definitely couldn't put a paper together that had coherent thoughts in it at all. I'd be a little bit all over the place, Uh, but it also kind of helps with, you know, when I give you a, a oral presentation or a speech, it is different than one that you write out. But uh, and if writing is something that you struggle with, Grammarly is one of the things I pay for that has been a lifesaver for me. It's fantastic, but uh, again, you know, I time, time is definitely tough, tough for me. It's I have to squeeze everything in. Uh, you know, I think you know, on top of cyber and in my normal job, I spend 20 to 30 hours a week also on my master's program.
0: It goes back to the time management that you were discussing. I mean, um, especially in this industry because things change constantly. Um, it'll be, industry will be different tomorrow than it is today. Um, if you want to be, you know, at the front of everything, like you need to keep up with it because I mean, no one's going to, you're not going to show up at work and somebody's not going to give you a brief on the new this or that. Like that's something you need to do on your own. Um, so it just goes to what you're talking about with time management and kind of that motivation level of understanding that you're going to need to do some things on your own and where to fit that into your day. I mean, Um, you, what you just described is probably one of the busiest people I've ever heard. Um, (laughs) doing a full-time job, doing stuff for Cybrae, getting your master's and, um, you know, four kids, uh, in a foreign country is like, uh, that is too many things. It's too much. Um, but you're (laughs) still doing it all. I mean, you just, you have amazing time management skills. So, um, it's just something that, you know, everyone needs to think about, um, that everyone's different, but you need to figure out what works for you. Um, studying for ten minutes every hour might be what works, or twenty minutes every hour or something. But um, figuring out what works for you yeah. will definitely help you in the long run as you continue working and and studying and learning.
1: yeah. I mean, you know, and one of the the unique things that that I've kind of got to work through with the war college, right, is that when you when you look at the scope of people, I'm one of very few technical folks in there, if not one of the only cyber folks. And, and you know, I'm bringing a perspective that's a little bit different and it's been, it's been a great learning experience for me because I kind of see how other people think, uh, because I've typically been around technical folks my whole life. So, you know, having the questions that, that they ask me or that come back on the papers or, um, just even in chat or forums, right. It's been a learning experience for me as well. It's been just, you know, really, really, really fantastic. Uh, one of the papers I was reading today kind of goes ab- about, um, Adaptability, it, was, it kind of really fits in with what we're talking about. That moving into to leadership, senior leadership, or management, uh, you you need to be an adaptive leader, and to be able to respond to things quickly. And you know, every day you come in, it's not going to be the same scenario. Or you know, look at COVID, or look at uh, any of the large hacks, or breaches, or viruses, or ransomware. Every day you come in could be a different scenario than what yesterday was. So so you you need people also that can, you know, forward think and that can kind of prepare these scenarios for, uh, you know, how to deal with a pandemic or how to deal with if your office is destroyed, whether it's by a bomb or terrorists or natural disaster. But understanding how that all works together, uh, you know, and, and then one of the other things I think people miss out on a lot, too, is in a position that you're in, buy into, believe in what you work for. Uh, you know, there's too many people out there that do it for the eight to five or they do it for the money. Uh, cyber, in my opinion, is not one of those jobs to where you should do it to chase the money because it's overwhelming. It's complicated. It's continuous learning. Uh, if you're chasing a paycheck, uh, you'll get burnout. And I think it, I think that this 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 kind of job just really kind of eats at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the other things I've noticed too lately is that there's a there's a new cert that's out uh, by a company and they actually bring in the soft skill stuff uh, and the communication skills into the certification, which I thought is fantastic. And that's something that I I think we're going to have to start doing a little bit more of. I think uh, ISC Squared a year or two ago actually put out there, soft skills are the largest skills gap in the cyber world. So all of the things that we're talking about here are completely relevant. And it's one of the things that our students have told us that, hey, I really need to get better at speaking. Uh, Let's set that up. Let's do that. So if you're watching this or subscribed, uh, email cyber and you know let's let's get this rolling and this is this is something i think a couple of us mentors could easily put together uh to go to go through yeah so 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 just a quick outline on the soft skills non-technical skills right emotional intelligence being able to read somebody um to understand how they feel when you talk active listening is just when somebody's telling you something uh doing what you're doing right Not in on your head or acknowledging that that you understand what they're talking about it's It's a, it's a, especially when you're on a VTC or in person, it lets that person know that what you're saying makes sense. Hey, I understand you, uh, because it's real, it's, it's, an, it's an important skill that'll help you be a way better speaker. It'll allow you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I mean, and it's, it's a really good skill that allows you to sound like you really, you're a really, really good briefer because you kind of shift on the fly. If something seems confusing, then you explain it more. And they have no idea that you weren't planning on saying that. Uh, you're the only one that knows that. So you just you know kind of roll with it. You say something wrong or, you're, or you misspeak or you stumble, um, just move through it. Don't, don't stop. Don't get flustered. Just continue to talk. Uh, I, I've always enjoyed talking. I think the hardest thing that I had to work on when I first started doing a lot of speeches uh, was I had to learn how to pace myself. So when I first started, like, it felt like I was like crawling. Uh, just to talk at this pace would have drove me insane, uh, and of course, the more the more excited I get or, or flustered, the faster I talk. But yeah. and the louder I and the louder I get. But uh, you know, again, uh, adaptability—you have to welcome change. Uh, this is probably the you know premier field for uh, what you do in the morning won't be what you do in the evening, and everything can change in a matter of seconds. Uh, happiness is a decision. Uh, I tell my kids that. I truly believe that. Uh, we we've all had some crazy situations. Um, I hear from people all the time. I don't have I don't have the time to do that. You're definitely talking to the wrong person when you say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you want it, you can make it happen. Uh, focus is huge. You know, break things into small chunks. Focus, and, and again, don't be afraid to ask questions. Self motivation is huge, and then understanding who you are, understanding what your weaknesses are, understanding what causes you frustration but understanding also what, what you're good at. And just because you want to be a red teamer and then you start red teaming and you hate it, there's plenty of other things to do. So be open-minded when you kind of jump in this career field and kind of find that thing that, that you like. If you're a non-technical person, uh, you want to get into cyber, there's certainly plenty of spaces for that too, whether it's you know risk analysis, risk assessments, um, even vulnerability assessments and stuff like that are things that you don't have to be super technical. I, I mean, it helps, but... Um, People that do, you know, cyber policy, policy writing, policy law. There, there's so many different things out there uh, that now encompasses in cyber.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, what, what you were talking about w- was going to be a great segue to, because we actually, you know, we've talked about multiple times is the, the Slack community and stuff. We had a question from the Slack community, um, from Annalise, uh, what top three non-tech skills are needed for tech jobs to enhance one's career? Uh, y- listening to you, I don't think you could probably place, oh, these are the top three things. Uh, If you're listening, if you rewind about 30 seconds or a minute, Mark just gave a fantastic list of the things that you need to be focusing on. Um, So there probably isn't like a a top 10 or a top list of things. But yeah, I mean, this has been like a great discussion. Um, I know that you said you'll have some of those books and stuff. So the the books that Mark sends to me to recommend, um, I'll include in the podcast show notes and in YouTube, um, just in case if anybody kind of wants to check them out for themselves and, and see what he recommends. Um, is there any other place or any place that people can reach out to you and ask questions if they're not in Slack, um, like LinkedIn or something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. Uh, You can find me at just Mark Nyberg. And then uh, I've got that. I work for Cybrary. So, you know, you got the right person. Uh, Any and all questions uh, are welcome on there. And if you're not a part of Cybrary, I really recommend that you join uh, for, for the price that you get training, but you also get access to people uh, not even, you don't even have to talk to me. It won't hurt my feelings. But you have access to me. You have access to other mentors, uh, senior mentors, and just a, a huge um, aggregation of people. And it's not just people in the U.S. I mean, I, we've, I haven't talked to people from uh, Japan, Turkey, uh, UK, here where I'm at. I actually met a couple of people that were in Bahrain. I know some folks in Saudi. We got all of the U.S., Canada. I, it's, it's it's a great place to network. And it's not just a network. Within the U.S., I mean, you can almost certainly find somebody in whatever country you're in that can help you identify how to find a job or what skill sets to work on because every region is different. But yeah, lots of lots of non-tech skills. Uh, I know analyzed pretty well, so that's that's, just a, that's a really good question. Uh, but again, <laughs> I, I communication, self motivation, and then. Problem solving and critical thinking are two huge things in this field that will really help you. That are that are non technical, I guess in theory, but they can be applied technically as well. But you know, being able to kind of work through a problem yourself and how to think—I mean, one of the biggest things I always told people is, uh, don't come in with a problem without a solution. I don't want to hear you complain. I want to hear—I want to hear you complain, but then I want to hear how you would fix it. And even if it's not right, let's let's hear what your projected solution is, and then we'll talk through it. Uh, and I think that's something used for everybody to kind of really work on. And, and- that's
0: yeah, fan- that's fantastic advice. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, that great advice. Yeah, don't come with a, a just a problem. Come with a problem and a solution. It might not even be the best solution, but at least you're you're already started on that um, that thought thread. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, for everybody listening, I'll include uh, Mark's. Uh, LinkedIn as well in the, the show notes and on YouTube. So if you want to connect with him there, uh, but again, uh, he's going to be in uh, Slack on Cyberry. So definitely reach out to him there. I'm also in there as well. If you want to reach out and ask uh, some non-tech questions, because I definitely can't help you with any technical stuff. But uh, but thank you very much, um, Mark, for coming and talking to us. Um, it was a really interesting conversation and definitely gives everyone a lot to think about, um, whether you're just starting out or you've been in the industry for a while.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of fun and we'll definitely have to do this again. Uh, Thanks, Mark. Yep, thanks. Bye, everybody. Cybrary, the premier cybersecurity skill development platform, is
1: empowering individuals and teams to secure the future of technology. See why 3 million people have already signed up when you visit www.cybrary.it.